This is episode number 79 with Kayla Itzenez. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Kayla Itzenez is the world's most influential fitness identity and the internet's undisputed fitness queen, as quoted by Forbes. She is a personal trainer and global fitness phenomenon, passionate about helping women to become healthier, stronger, and more confident. Growing up in Adelaide in South Australia, Kayla has always been an active person and has been training women since graduating from the Australian Institute of Fitness in 2008, while simultaneously building a brand with global recognition. Together with her partner, Toby Piers, Kayla has created the world's largest and most supportive online female fitness community. Through her successful BBG, which stands for the Bikini Body Guide, and BBG Stronger, and her eating guides, all hosted in the fitness app Sweat, Kayla has reached a growing online global community of 30 plus million women with the programs available in more than 142 countries and in eight different languages. This woman is on a mission. Now, I first met Kayla many years ago at an event that she was hosting and she was incredibly sweet, humble and such a little cutie, which is why I'm so excited for you guys to hear today's episode. In today's chat, we talk about her journey to where she is today and how she got here, the progress and evolution of her business to date, how she built her global empire. This is awesome. You guys are going to love this story. How she masters her inner mean girl every day, what her inner mean girl says to her, how to create and maintain healthy habits that actually stick how to stay motivated and how she stays motivated, why she doesn't drink alcohol, her favorite mantra to stay on her path, how she moves through overwhelm, stress, feeling flat or unmotivated, why play is so important to our health and happiness, the power of accountability for keeping you fit and healthy, the personal boundaries that she sets for herself, both in her business and life, what she attributes her success to, plus so much more. And for everything that Kayla and I mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 77. Now let's bring on the super gorgeous Kayla Itzenez. This week's podcast is brought to you by Holden and their sexy new car, the Equinox. This is the car Nick and I currently drive and we love it. 
It's so spacious, zippy and smooth to drive and I especially love the navigation system and the sound system which is perfect for busting out some serious vocals to Nick's music. To check out more, head to holden.com.au. Welcome, Kayla. I am so excited to have you on the show. But before we dive in, can you please tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? (laughs) This morning, I had two pieces of rye toast. I have anchovies. I know that sounds gross, but they're delicious. I had some homegrown tomatoes and some olives. Oh my gosh. No, anchovies are not gross. Anchovies and sardines are like two of my favorite things. And I know you have a Greek background and I went to Greece last year and all I ate every day was anchovies and sardines. They're the best. All right, gorgeous. I'm so excited to chat to you. But first up, can you tell us a bit about your story and how you got to where you are today? Like your story is amazing. So can you tell us how you got here? Well, I finished school and I started off doing teaching at university and that's at the same time I wanted to do a personal training course because I um, decided I wanted to be a PE teacher and be able to teach kids sport and um, I started my personal training course. I loved it so much uh, that I actually deferred for a bit to, to start personal training at a women's only personal training center. I said to my parents, I'll be back, I'll go to uni, I promise. And I still have not gone back, so that's fine. Yeah, so I started personal training at a women's only personal training center. Um, I moved on from there and did mobile personal training and then I moved on from there again and started my own studio just from out of the love of it. I just like sort of progressed from, you know, doing women in a gym to training my own clients at their house to having my own studio and then I uh, met my partner Toby who is now the CEO of Sweat and um, he was a personal trainer as well. He was also had a few other businesses and he said to me one day um, after me uploading a few of my transformations on Instagram and some of the women writing to me saying, you know, can you please help me? Can you please, do you have a training plan that we can follow? Do you have an eating plan that we can follow? And I, I said to Toby, look, I feel really bad. I'm not able to service um, all these women. And he just said, why don't we create an ebook?" So um, that's where the first ebook came out. We just honestly just did exactly what we did with our clients. We just put it in an ebook, put it on the internet, and said, you know, here it is. If you if you if you're interested, and it sort of really took off. And we didn't realize that there was such a need for for something like that for women. Women were still sort of embarrassed to go to the gym at this time. You know, we, we as women we were going to the gym with our baggy t-shirts, and there was no really like cool sports clothes out there at the time. And so all that stuff sort of started coming in. And I think we just hit the market at the right time. And we worked really hard and released um, then the Sweat with Kayla app, which then turned into Sweat and more trainers and more clientele. And yeah, it's just been amazing. And how long ago was this? So the first ebook was in 2014. The first version of the app was the end of 2015 going into 2016. Then in May 2017 was the release of Sweat. Wow. Well, I'm sure you feel very proud of what you have created and what you and your partner have created. You've built such a loyal empire and such a loyal community. Can you tell us about how you've built your loyal community of women all around the world? I think it happened really organically, which is what we absolutely loved um, because, like I said, we hit um, the market at the right time. Hashtags started coming out. The girls actually created the hashtag BBG. We didn't create that. We had no marketing strategy behind 
what BBG was. The girls created it. They started doing these things called BBG meetups where they said, oh, well, if you do the program and you do the program and you live in this area, why don't we all meet up together? And it really spread like that way through word of mouth. And we just grew this amazing, loyal community. And because the girls saw me through my whole journey, they didn't see me. I didn't come in as a celebrity. I didn't come in, um, you know, from a, a person from Hollywood. They knew I was from Australia. I was from Adelaide, which is like not Sydney. It's not Melbourne. It's, it's Adelaide. I can't, I've got a Greek family. They saw my upbringing. They saw everything and they sort of grew with me. And I think they'd sort of see me now as like a sister or um, they're sort of big sister role model, I guess. Instead of being like, a, oh, look, look, that girl has a lot of followers. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's so beautiful. And that's something that I really love about you is your authenticity and your realness. And, you know, I talk a lot about the inner mean girl that we all have. And that's that voice inside our head that says, you're not good enough or you're not pretty enough or you're not skinny enough and you'll never lose the weight. We all have that voice that voice of fear and doubt, it's in our mind. So what do you do when yours pops up and how do you move through it? The biggest thing for me is I just like remind myself that it's perfectly okay to fail and, and not even not even fail, not even look at it as failure, just look at it as sort of something that, you know, you're learning. And I know that sounds really hard to people who feel uh, and people who are listening that they feel really unmotivated and someone says, oh, it's just a learning, you know, it's just a learning, but that's that's a difficult thing to hear. But if you actually really think about it, you actually do learn so much from the times that things don't go right. So if everything went so smoothly for me, if everyone went smoothly in personal training and smoothly releasing the ebook and smoothly releasing the app, you wouldn't have learned anything. You wouldn't be the person you are today. You wouldn't grow. And that's especially like relating this back to health and fitness, women in their health and fitness journeys. They say, what's the quickest way, you know, what's the quickest way to this? Because I feel terrible. What's the quickest way to this? But it's actually the journey that you go through, the long journey that you go through that helps you learn, that helps you, you know, if you fall off track, you know exactly how to get back on track. It's all of that learning, I guess that, yeah, again, that helps you. What has your inner critic said to you in the past? I try not to be critical of myself. Like maybe, like maybe when we first released the guide, like, you know, typical things like, do, do women want this? Is, is this? is this a market that we're hitting? Do, criticize, do people know how much I care about them? And I know that sounds like a bit like fake, but I promise you it's not. Like I think like I really want to help people. Do you think that people see that or do they see, oh, well, she's got, you know, almost 9 million followers on Instagram. She doesn't actually care. Like things like that. I think that through my head, I, I really want to show people that I care. Like I want to show people that I do this out of like, you know, love and yeah. So I, I guess we all have them and you're right. We do. Have you always had a more positive mindset or is that something that has evolved for you? Well, well, I have always had a positive mindset, but especially when it comes to food and exercise because I grew up in a family that rewarded us with healthy food and exercise. It almost, they almost made it seem like it was a treat. Like we got to, we got to come home and play with a, like a basketball outside and we got to have like a, a plate of healthy like we used to have um fruit as dessert like mom's like look what I got like imagine like a little kid not like a 16 year old like imagine us at five like, look I cut you up watermelon and we're like yay like we always had this really positive connection with food and, and exercise growing up so I've always sort of been that sort of positive person and that's why I say to people like I don't have a story as to why I became a personal trainer I didn't have like an inner voice that was like you're not good enough or you're I always thought I was I always thought you know Kayla you're really good at sport like you know about food, you know about healthy eating, you know about family, you know about community, like why not spread that? Beautiful. And I'm sure your parents are very similar too. Do they have a really good outlook on life? 
Definitely. My parents have a similar outlook. But also like what I love about um, my parents is they never, ever put themselves down. So my mum is quite short and um, recently she has lost, I think, 10 kilos. But she has never once, never once have I ever heard her say, I'm overweight or I don't fit into this or I don't, like she never put herself down. So that never, you know, when you grow up in your parents or your siblings, they're constantly saying things over and you sort of like grow up with it. You think it's normal to say things like that. I never thought it was normal. When someone said to me, oh, like I look terrible at this, I was like, wow, why are you saying that? Like, why did you say that for? Like, you don't look terrible at all. Like, no one's looking at you like that. And because my mom never did it. My dad never did it. My, my sister never did I never did it. So I guess like the positive outlook came from my upbringing. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's so important to have a really positive environment at home, especially if we've got kids and even not, you know, it's it's really important that the home environment is positive and happy and kind to ourselves, to our bodies and to each other. So I think that's really beautiful that you grew up in that sort of environment. It's it's really inspiring and it makes me, I have a stepson and it makes me want to, you know, just be the real positive example for him. Yeah, that's really nice. It's really important as well. And he'll grow up and he'll know, you know, how to treat not only himself, but the people around him as well, which is really nice. Exactly. So what are your tips to creating and maintaining long lasting habits? When it comes to your health, for example, like with working out and eating healthy, how do we make our habits stick? Because I get this question a lot, you know, with meditation, because I'm a massive meditator. I eat really well. I move my body. Those things are so deeply ingrained in me now. They're like brushing my teeth. But for someone who is like, oh, Kayla, how do I start a healthy habit and how do I maintain it? What are your tips? The start of the year, we make these goals. Like I say, our New Year's resolutions, we say things like, right, I want to, um, what did you say? Meditation. Oh, like I want to do, I want to meditate. I want to do yoga. I want to join a gym. But we don't actually think about how we're going to get there. We just say things that we want. So we say, oh, get fit. That's one of our goals. And we write that down. That's not actually a goal. Get fit is not actually a goal. Get fit is how are you actually going to get there? So what we have to do is first understand what our bad habits are. We need to understand them. We need to understand what triggers our bad habits. Then we need to set goals for our new habits that we want, for example, get fit. But we also need to set goals on how to get there. If you want to do yoga, if you want to do meditation, you need to write down, I want to do meditation. How much are these classes going to cost? Who is my chosen teacher? What time in my calendar can I set to go to these classes? What am I sacrificing in that time? What else? Do you know what I mean? Like sort of that sort of stuff. You've got to write down things like the time the price, your teacher, friends, uh, what's going to demotivate you, what will motivate you and what you need to change in your life to get there. Not just write down, meditate. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Oh, totally. I absolutely love that. And I'm a massive believer in that as well, because scheduling it into your calendar, I talk about this all the time, writing it in, putting it in your calendar, you know, workout or yoga, putting it in because you're so much more likely to do it if it's scheduled into your day 100% once it's scheduled in like an appointment and I said and I always say to people as well just schedule it in and if you do not feel like working out if you do not if you, if you schedule a gym appointment and you do not feel like work, working out just go and do the minimal amount as possible so just rock up to the gym get on the treadmill, put it on level four, which is in, in Adelaide. If I don't know how many if the people are all over the world, but level four in Adelaide, it's just a slow walk. 
put it on level four, put some music in your ears and just do a slow walk. Do not scrap it out of your calendar completely. Go, but do the least amount of possible. And as soon as you get there, I guarantee people, as soon as you get there, you start walking slow. Then you think, well, I'm here. Might as well walk a little bit faster. Oh, well, I'm here. Might as well do my workout. Well, I'm here. Do you know what, do you know what I mean? What we do is we get in this really bad mindset where we go, oh, I can't be bothered. And then we delete it. Just show up. Mm, so true. So true. Half the battle is just showing up, is beating the inner mean girl, beating the resistance. Stephen Pressfield wrote an amazing book called The War of Art, and it's all about beating the resistance. And you never regret moving your body. You never regret it. Never. Nope. Okay. So how do you stay motivated daily? Like, do you even have to think about it anymore? Like how big of your why plays in to, you know, you staying motivated? Because I think that's really important, having a why you're doing something. How does that play out for you? I think why is important. Why um, is the reason that we stay motivated? Why is, and, and the word why is what we're saying here is, why am I doing this? You know, having some education behind the reasons why you're doing something. You're not just doing, uh, you're not just using the sweat app. Like, why are you using this app? You know, what is what is this good for? And you need to read up and you need to have some education behind why you are doing this, why you are eating this way. What is this going to do for your body? You can't just take a greens powder every morning and just say, oh, well, I don't know, because you stop taking it after. But if you say, oh, you know, my stage two liver detoxification is not working right now and like, things like that, if you understand why you're taking something, you're more likely to stick to it. So in terms of me, in terms of my own motivation, things like, like we said before, setting things in your calendar, you know, setting reminders, setting appointments for yourself and not appointments. I'm not talking about your skin appointments. I'm talking about things like your gym appointments. Like that needs to be in your calendar. You can't just say, I'm going to go to the gym after work. You need to put it in like an appointment, like you, like it's your job. So I do that every single day at two o'clock. I go to the gym, I work out. I do things like I'll eat the same thing until I get sick of it and then I change it. So I don't eat something new every single day. I sort of have the same breakfast every single day. I know my portion sizes. I know what will keep me full. And I do that until, and I know not everyone's the same as me, but I do that until I want to change it up a little bit. And then I slowly change things. And I don't go all or nothing as well. So I don't go like, oh, well, I want to change this. So I'm going to completely stop everything I'm doing. I'll slowly ease things into my life and see if they're suitable for me. Um, another thing is using, I guess, myself, uh, putting myself as a priority. So being like, this is my life and my health and my fitness is priority number one right now. And everything else can just wait. So phone calls can wait. Like sometimes I'm at the gym and like, I'm sitting next to one of the girls from work at the moment. And if she calls, I'll, I won't, <laughs> she's laughing, but I won't answer it. I'll finish my gym workout. Uh, then I'll bring her back. Like, it's just little things like that prioritizing yourself, your health, and your happiness is number one, isn't it? Yeah, it's so important. So I'm a massive believer in self-care and self-love. So what does that look like for you? And how has this transformed your relationship or evolved your relationship with your body? Even something as simple as just asking for help is a sign of self-care is a sign of self-respect, is a sign that, you know, you want to better yourself and you want to learn, like little things like that. It's not like, oh, every day I get up and I have a shower and I stretch, like, no, no. It's like little things that you do still count as still counts as self-care and self-respect. Um, you know, going for a walk every day, like that is a sign of self-respect. That is a sign that you're showing your body, 
I care about you, I want to look after you, I need some fresh air, I need some space. Um, so I do little things like that every day, um, which uh, I guess, and people and people know, people know that Kayla respects herself, Kayla respects her body, um, even things like I don't drink alcohol, I obviously don't smoke, I don't do anything that's, I guess, classes extremely unhealthy and I choose to do that because I respect myself and I respect my lifestyle and I understand that I'm a role model for people, which, again, isn't a sign of self-respect. Um, so, yeah, they're the little things that I do, I guess, every day. Have you always not drunk alcohol? When I was younger, I tried alcohol and found that um, I had a bit of a, I guess I you call it, a reaction to it. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like how it made me feel. Um, hurt my neck. I don't know if anyone has ever had a reaction or is that, that, that is listening has ever had a reaction, but I had my heart would beat really fast. My um, my neck would become very hot. Um, I would feel extremely ill and that's just a sip. So I just stopped. I honestly was, I looked around, I looked at my friends, I saw how they were acting and I didn't want to be in that environment and I stopped and I never ever thought for a second, oh, I wish I could I wish I could drink, you know. I never thought that at all. I had enough confidence to be able to go out and have a conversation with my friends and then leave and wake up the next day and feel great. And I had basketball training on. I didn't have time to feel sick. I didn't have time to, you know, be hungover. I was a personal trainer and today now, um, today, being 26 years old, I'm now a role model for women. And I want them to look at me and say, well, if she can do it and if she can go out, she doesn't feel pressured and she doesn't feel like she needs, then I think mission like, accomplished, I guess. Mm, it's really important because I am a little bit different in that sense. I went through the party stage in my early 20s and I gave it a good nudge. I really did. And I actually, at age 24, ended up in hospital with a whole host of health issues physically and also mentally. You know, I was dealing with panic attacks and depression and anxiety and all sorts of things. And that was when, so this was 2010. I made a declaration to myself to get my health and my happiness sorted. And I realized that I was the only person that could really do that. So I took back my health and my happiness into my own hands. And one of the things, because before that, I was eating junk food. I had no, I was partying. I had no idea how to nourish my body. I, I wasn't taught. And so I made it my mission to get healthy and happy again. And one of the first things I did was quit alcohol. This is going on eight years ago now, and I've not had a sip of alcohol in that eight years' time. And the reason why you know I wanted to talk to you about it is because a lot of girls and women and even men, they come up to me and they really struggle with this because they don't enjoy it, yet they're doing it because they feel peer pressured and they don't actually really want to do it because they don't like it. They, it feels crap in their body. So what would you say to someone who may be sitting in that camp right now? Well, they can do what I did. I used to, if I, if I ever went out, I just would have a, a glass of water, which appeared like that you don't, that people don't know what you're actually, as long as you have something in your hand. I think also just standing your ground, people will respect you more. Like people would come up and say, what are you drinking? And I say, water. And they're like, oh, have a drink. Like have a drink. Uh, just say, oh, no, sorry, man, I don't drink. Oh, but have a drink. No, I, I don't drink, man. I don't have a drink. You have a drink. Like you just make jokes. Like they're not going to hang around you all night and bother you. It's just that little, little bit of peer pressure right at the start. But if you stand your ground, people respect you more. And 
the more um, the more you say it, the more people will pick up on it. So someone will come over eventually and say, have a drink, and your friend will turn around and say, she doesn't drink. And like, people just get it. So you just have to sort of stand your ground a little bit. Um, and if you really don't like it, and if it, you know what? And I've got clients, and, and in saying that, people listening, I've got clients that um, have a wine at night. I don't say anything. I'm just saying this is my own personal choice. I'm not saying for people to completely stop and, and, and alter their lifestyles. I'm just saying this was my personal choice. It made me feel terrible. I love my life. I don't ever think, oh, I wish I could. And, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's about sticking up for yourself. And, again, it's a sign of self-respect, sticking up for yourself and what you believe in. Mm, I absolutely agree. And I'm the same. I never enjoyed it. And it actually made me feel sick in my stomach. Like I'd have a glass of champagne and my stomach would be in knots. And I never really enjoyed it. I was never one of those people that was like, oh, I love a good red. You know, I just, that was just never me. And so for me, it was, it was quite easy to stop. And I just really want to encourage people to do what's right for them. And if that is having one occasionally, then go for it. But just do what is right for you. And if you don't want to, like you said, stick up for yourself, stand your ground, speak your truth and say, no, thank you. I'm good. You know, we don't have to people please all the time. Yeah, 100%. So I'd love to hear now, do you have any affirmations or mantras that you say to yourself to keep you motivated and on your path? I'll say to be like, it's, it's okay to look after yourself. Like it's okay to take care of yourself first. Um, you know, things like the only limitations that you have are the ones that you place on yourself. Like things like that. Like I'm obviously, I don't say these things out loud, but I think them all the time. Like I think like I'm walking past like a massage parlor and it's like $10 massages and I look at it and I'm like, you know what? It's fine. Like I just worked out. Like I'm not going to walk past and be like, oh no, that's like that's just 10 minute wasted. And you know, things like that. You've got to, again put yourself first I guess like put yourself first prioritize yourself first and it's okay to not be okay as well Mm, I love that and on days that you feel maybe overwhelmed or unmotivated or stressed or even flat because maybe you just got your cycle how do you move through that do you allow yourself to just put your legs up and chill out or you know how does that unfold for you well, that's a good one. So currently right now, too much information, but I do have my period right now. I was actually speaking to women about this earlier this year. When you have things like this, like for example, if you're sick or if you, you know, you have your period or you've got a stomach ache, try not to do absolutely nothing. And what I mean by this is I don't mean by, oh no, you must go to the gym. I mean like if you're going to be in bed, then do something productive so you don't feel like you're doing that. Okay. That's, it's, it's, it's easy to explain like this. If you have your period and you're in bed, do some emails. You're still doing something. You still feel like, oh, I've still got some motivation there. I've still got some drive there. I'm just not doing what I was meant to be doing, example, going to the gym. Do you know what I mean? If, again, saying this again, if you want to rest completely and you want to rest completely, then completely rest. <laughs> it's fine. And that's okay to be like that. But if you actually want to do something and you feel bad and you're saying, oh, look, I'm in bed and I should be doing this, then do something else. That's low impact, like emails, um, wrapping presents, uh, buying things online for the house. I, I don't know what it is, but just try and do something rather than nothing at all. And is that what you do on those days? Yeah, so I'm having one of those days today. So I felt great this morning. So I got up and I filmed two videos um, for content videos. And then I felt like crap. And I was like, right, I'm just going to sit down and do emails. And I'm going to edit these videos. So I'm still doing something. I'm just not at the gym. Yeah. And 
it's so important that we listen to that. We listen to our body and, you know, if it is saying rest, we've got to rest. Do you implement rest and play into your life? Like from the outside, it looks like you're a very playful and vibrant person and it looks like you're, you know, you and your partner and your dogs, like you are injecting a lot of play into your life. And something that I'm really mindful of this year is injecting more play into my everyday. So how do you inject more play into your life? And is that something that you're conscious of? Um, I said I've always been like that. So again, um, I've always been active. I've always wanted to do things and, but I want to do, I only want to do things that I want to do. <laughs> so I don't want to go to big events and things like that. I'm, I, I just like walking with Toby, walking the dogs, you know, going to the gym, having, going to my family and having time with them and laughing with them. That's sort of like my time that, um, I guess I call like play time. And then I, and then again, like if you look at my Instagram feed, it's like, oh, when does this woman rest? But I do have times of rest. If you read in the captions, like I'll say, just stretching today, not doing anything. Mm, and what role does accountability play in keeping, you know, healthy and fit? And what ways do you keep yourself accountable? So in terms of everyone else, I think accountability is huge. Um, things like even like things like in terms of health and fitness, things like progress tracking is uh, keeping yourself accountable. Again, booking in, like we said before, we've said this before, this is like a broken record, but booking things into your calendar, like holding yourself accountable for those sort of things as well. In terms of myself, same thing as before, like I book things into my calendar, I put myself as a priority, I hold myself accountable um, for all the stuff that I do. And I also get people, like I always say to people, which might be annoying, I'm like, Toby, you've got a good memory, like remind me to do this. So he's like, oh, by the way, have you done this? I'm like, no, or yes, but it's like, it's sort of nice to have someone there. So just like talk to your friends about what you're doing and um, get them to sort of like re-ask you, you know, have you stuck to this or have you done this if you don't have it in your phone already? And do you, you know, you run these massive companies and you've got a huge following of beautiful people online and on, on social media. Do you ever get overwhelmed by it all? This is a question I get asked a lot because I do what I love. I don't, I have a set of um, rules that I stick to so I don't get overwhelmed in my life. So, for example, those rules will be things that are like very clear boundaries that I set for myself. Like, I will not be away from my family for longer than a month. I will not, um, one of the big ones was when we first started, I will not sexualize myself to sell a product. I will not you know, promote things that I do not believe in. Like I've set myself some really clear boundaries when um, we started growing and I've stuck to those and I feel great every single day. There's not a time where I feel overwhelmed. Oh, yeah, there is. Just before I step out on stage and I'm about to train like all these women, that it's hard not to feel overwhelmed and um, and nervous. But at the same time, like your positivity and the happiness that you get um, sort of overrides that a bit. So if you're setting yourself clear boundaries and you know who you are as a person, then you tend to not get as overwhelmed as someone who's trying to do everything and will do anything for it. I think setting healthy boundaries is so imperative. I talk a lot about this in my second book, Open Wide, about setting healthy boundaries with yourself and with others. And like you mentioned, you've set some work boundaries. You know, you won't sell this product if it doesn't feel true for you. You know, there's so many different things like that. And I think when we know our own boundaries, we can then translate them to our family and friends and then they will respect those boundaries. But if we haven't really taken the time to think about what those boundaries are to make us feel the best version of ourselves, then how can we expect anyone else to abide by them? Like even something like 
you know, a boundary around Instagram, you know, like I'm not going to check Instagram first thing in the morning. Like that's something that really is so subtle, but really can make such a difference. Don't you think? A hundred percent. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. Little things like that. Just little boundaries in all parts of your life. So you should write down every part of your life that you have, whether it be home, um, you know, home, work, relationship, family, and have your boundaries within that. And you feel a lot more comfortable within life. Mm, what are some other boundaries that you have set for yourself? Like, like I said before, like my, the travel away from my family, like I would set a hard boundary with that. I mean, like, look guys, I can't be away from my family for more than two weeks. Like I need to like another boundary. Like I will never move from um, Adelaide. People are like, when are you going to move to America? I'm never going to move from Adelaide. That's like a boundary that I've set for myself. I think people need to focus on their, yeah, their own sort of set of boundaries for them to, to feel good. Now, what do you attribute your success to? The community, 100%. The community is just like absolutely amazing. And they, again, like I said at the start, they grew organically. The community created sort of themselves. We didn't create this community. They sort of just like, they came together and it was so, I think like the whole world was like a bit shocked. Like how did we get a bunch of women in a room that want to one work out not only do they want to work out they want to sweat it out and they want to see other women do well and that was really rare to see a few years ago and that's just been growing year after year after year and you'll see in the media now there's a there's body confidence coming in there is models that don't like they're not all one size anymore there's just models of all different sizes they're all different hair colors all different backgrounds it's just been like absolutely incredible so there's a huge push for um I guess, women empowerment, and that's what's really grown this uh, community. Mm, I love that so much. It is. It's a real rise in supporting each other, and it's so important because we all rise together, and I just love witnessing other women cheering other women on. I just think it's beautiful. Mm, Me too. It's amazing. So what's one thing that's bringing you the most joy in your life right now? It's always the answer is always gonna be my family because it's that's just that's just me. Um, so um, to me, family is everything. So that will always bring me, I guess, the most joy and happiness. When I say family, I'm not not necessarily talking about my family, but like the sense of community as well. Like I get to travel in the next few weeks, which I'm not allowed to say where just yet. Um, but I'm traveling in the next few weeks, and I get to meet like my community again. And to me, that's like family. And some of the girls that I've met through this have are literally like my sisters, like I FaceTime them every morning. So um, that, yeah, I guess for me that's just like what brings me the most joy. That is so beautiful. So you've made some really beautiful friends through your work? Yeah, some really good friends, people that I just didn't think existed in the world and they're just, yeah, the best. So is there something that you are working on or would like to improve within yourself at the moment? I'm working on, you know, getting stronger and stronger in everything and in every way, um, uh, not letting things get to me that would get to me like many years ago, you know, I'm trying to be, again, a posit- still trying to be like a positive role model. I'm trying to sort of improve on myself and my beliefs every single year. And yeah, so just, I guess, stronger and stronger every year is my goal because I, I feel like I have a huge responsibility to the community and to help them. So I put my sort of goals and, and um, what I want on the back end a little bit. So I guess this year, making myself a priority and doing things that, that I need to do. 
Now, let's pretend that you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now, besides your books, let's presume they're already in the curriculum. What is the one book that you would choose to put in the curriculum? It's not a book. It's a documentary. It's about a girl who actually commits suicide from um, bullying. It's made to look like a documentary, but it's actually a film. I'm going to have to find it. It's like... What is it called? But it's not a book. But it's not a book. You can tell me after and we can put it in the show notes. I think the documentary is really important because something that we want to instill in Leo, who is my stepson, is the most important thing. We don't care about your grades. We don't care if you get into the A's for cricket. We just care that you're a nice person and that you're a kind person. And bullying is way too common these days. And it's really detrimental. People are committing suicide and it's horrible. So let's find the name of this and we'll put it in the show notes. But I think that's a great example because being kind is one of the most important attributes that we could have. No, it is. Being kind, being a good person, having good morals. That's, yeah, that's my number one. Yeah. So let's talk about how your day looks. Do you have like a morning routine? How does your day look? Like on an average day, of course, it's never going to be the same. But how do you set yourself up for success? My routine, if I'm here, is that I get up, I have that breakfast I told you about, my rye toast, my anchovies, tomatoes and olives. I have that. I go for a walk on the treadmill. I then... I'll let the dogs out the front. They've got a big front yard. They'll like do a little run around. I might go for a walk with them or I'll take them to their little place that they love. They're obsessed with. They go twice a week. They go to doggy daycare. So I might take them down the road to the doggy daycare so they can play with all the other dogs. Then I head to my grandparents' house. I see them every single day. So this is all before 9 a.m., by the way. I head there every single day and I sit down with them. And every day um, at at 9 a.m. on the dot, they have a coffee. So they have a Greek coffee. So I stay there for that. Once I've done that, I sort of just start my day, which is different every single day. And then I work out at 2 p.m. every single day if I'm in Adelaide. But every every other day is just different. But I know that that's my morning routine from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. And then at 2 p.m. I work out and then everything else is sort of scattered around. But I do book in times to eat. So I always have breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. And dinner's always early and it's always with my family or with Toby sitting at a table. We never eat dinner apart. I always make sure we sit on the table, we eat together because that's what I did when I was a kid. Mm, so beautiful. And so I'm presuming your grandparents and your parents, they live really close to you? <laughs> yeah, actually, I just forgot to mention that. Yes, we all live one minute away from each other. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. My husband's reading a book at the moment about longevity cultures. And one of the things that makes people really live a long time, like to over a hundred, is family and love. And, you know, it's so beautiful. And I'm Italian and my nonna, who was my only grandparent that I ever knew, recently passed away and she was 95. Like you with your, is it Yaya? Is that what you say? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like I had that sort of relationship with my nonna and it just like, oh my goodness, it really pulled on my heartstrings and it just, you know, these things remind you how important family is. And I love that you drip feed that into your social media. You know, I always see your posts and you're like, just with my yaya or just had this. And, you know, it's really beautiful because family and love and community 
are so important to health and happiness. Hundred percent. I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. That's that. That is so. It's so important for the people who don't have it. I guess you you, you can't understand. Speaking from me, if you grew up with the Greek family, that's really close. It's like you can't see your life without without them. Mm, it's so beautiful. And even if you don't live in the same city as your family, you can, you know, your friends become your family. And I call my friends my soul family. And so every Friday night we have soul family dinner. And because my family live in Brisbane and I live in Sydney and uh, my husband's family, they live in Queensland as well. So our friends are our soul family here. And you can create it. You just, you know, you don't have to be blood related. You can create your own soul family. That is so true. So I'm a massive believer in gratitude and it's something that I practice every day. And I would love to hear what are three things you're most recently grateful for? Grateful for my health. <laughs> I'm grateful for the community that that is around me. Again, I'm grateful for my family every day. I'm grateful that I have my grandparents still in my life. I'm grateful for my relationship with Toby um, and how good we are. And I'm grateful for, I guess, the people that, the amazing people we have working for us and with us. Um, I'm actually grateful for life in general and being able to be put in the position that I'm in today and be able to help so many women all over the world. Okay, I've got three little rapid fire questions for you. In your opinion, what is one of the most important things that we can start to do today for our health? Just one thing that people could do today. The first thing for your health, oh, drink more water. <laughs> yeah. I literally just took a sip of water. I was like, drink more water. Yeah, it's a good one. It's simple. We can all do it. And it's something that we can start today. So now what is one thing that we can do for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Find something that you love doing. Yeah, absolutely. And what is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? Surrounding yourself with people who love and support you. I think we get so focused on wanting to surround ourselves with, you know, this person or that person. It's like there's actually a group that is directly around you right now that love and support you. So surround yourself with those first, feel the love first, and then spread the love from there. Mm, beautiful. So simple and so powerful. So is there anything else that you want to mention that we haven't touched on or any parting words of wisdom for all of our listeners? Just things like, like I said before, um, the things that I'm grateful for, find things that you're grateful for. And really focus on those things. It's really easy in this world today to find the negative and everything. Well, I don't have this and I want this and I wish I had this. We need to focus on things that we are grateful for. Like, for example, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my body. I'm grateful that I have legs and I'm grateful that I have arms that I can do this workout with, you know, things like that. So I think like really find today what you're grateful for um, and what you love, something that inspires you. And um, find, again, um, talking about habits, Find your bad habits, which is something that's really hard to, to do and to think about. But find your bad habits, find what triggers those bad habits and think of some good habits and some ways that you can get there. And I think that will really you know, set your life a little bit, I guess, on track. It will put you on track. Two more questions. What would you tell your 13-year-old self? Your skin will get better. No, I'm joking. I would say keep doing what you're doing, man, because I was, I loved my 13-year-old self. I was into sport, I was into fitness. And if I were to talk to a 13-year-old now, I would tell them to not compare themselves to anyone because they're going to be awesome if they just leave themselves just the way they are. 
Absolutely. I think comparison is a trap that we can sometimes fall into and we are all perfect. We're all whole. We're all beautiful. We're all unique. We're all amazing. We just have to remember it and not compare ourselves to others. And finally, beautiful Kayla, I have one last question for you. What can I do personally and the listeners do to serve you today? You are in service to so many people and you give so much. And I believe that we're here to be of service, but how can we serve you today? I would ask, if I could ask you to do anything, I'd ask you to compliment one another. So when you see someone, the next thing that you say to them like should be a compliment. That would make me so happy. Anything you see, anyone you walk past, smile, compliment them, and that will make me the happiest person ever. And you will make their day. So beautiful. Again, so easy to do, so simple. But yet sometimes we get so caught up in our own head that we forget to do those things, you know, paying a tiny compliment or even saying thank you to someone. Those two little words can go such a long way, don't they? It does. And when you're feeling like crap and someone comes over to you and you've just looked at your skin or you don't like your hair and someone says, oh my God, your skin looks great or your hair looks awesome. You're like, oh, I thought it looked like crap, but you're like, no, actually that person, and if people constantly tell you the same thing, you start to believe it. So if people are constantly complimenting you, you're going to have a great day. So I feel like just give a compliment out and you'll make someone's day. I'm going to go and do that as soon as we get off this call now. I'm going to go outside and I'm going to compliment my husband. So thank you for that little tip and thank you for being here and for sharing and for all of the amazing work that you do and for being honest and authentic and being your true self. You know, you really get that through your Instagram and through your books and everything that you do. And I just want to acknowledge you for all the amazing work that you're doing in the world. Um, I am just so grateful for your time and your wisdom and for everything that you're doing to help women. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you so much for everything that you do as well. What a beautiful girl. I loved this conversation. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. And for everything that Kayla and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes, and that is at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 77. And you can also check out all my other podcast episodes there too. Also, just a reminder that you can now order my second book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships, and Soulful Sex. All you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your copy today. If you also head there, you can get my free video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. And it's for free. So head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide to get your hands on that too. Thank you so much for being here and for wanting to be the best version of yourself possible and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really get a lot out of this episode, please share it with them right now. 
Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this episode into their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word.